Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. We do this data update episode just as India crosses two milestones with regard to COVID-19. The first is that we have crossed 1.5 lakh cases and the second is that we are now the fifth worst affected country in terms of the death toll. So keeping those two rather grim markers in the background, what we'll discuss today is the quality of data that is now available to us as we move forward and whether it's reliable. In recent weeks, the number of tests done has gone up dramatically, but it's the kind of test that's the problem. In this episode, we'll discuss in particular the rapid antigen test, something that the Delhi government in particular has been relying on lately, and discuss some of the issues in collating case rate data using that particular type of test. We'll also do a status check on the kinds of data that states are still not providing in order for us to do a proper comparative analysis. And then we'll move on also to talk about two zero prevalence surveys. One from Delhi, that was done last week, and one from Mumbai, that's more recent. I'm joined by Deputy National Editor Srinivasan Ramani, who heads the Hindu's data team for this episode. And just as a note, we recorded this episode on Friday, July 31st. Srini, good morning. Thank you for joining us once again on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Right. So, uh, you know, we do these data episodes whenever we reach uh, new milestones, which is happening rather, you know, too frequently for comfort these days. But uh, just to lay it out once again, um, India has now crossed uh, 1.5 lakh cases and we're now number five in the world um, in terms of our death toll. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that in this episode, we could basically discuss uh, the quality of data that is now available to us as we go forward and try and understand more about the pandemic. Yeah. So, um, w- one important thing here is that um, we need to talk about the types of testing that's now being done because um, the data comes to us, uh, well, th- it was, we were relying a lot on RT-PCR tests, but now there's also a lot of uh, rapid antigen tests being done. Yeah. Now, w- what what are the problems that that provides? All right. So, uh, uh, the uh, Delhi government actually started, uh, uh, you know, doing this rapid antigen test in a big way in the last couple of months. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if, you would, if, you would, if you would remember, uh, the uh, Supreme Court had pulled up the Delhi government for uh, uh, not doing enough tests. And, uh, the, you know, there was a pileup of huge number of cases that was going on around two months ago and since then the home ministry got involved and uh, a lot of steps were taken to ramp up testing uh, ramp up testing to uh, in, uh, also uh, uh, increase bed availability and so on uh, so uh, right about the time the delhi government started to implement this rapid antigen testing uh, in what they called at the time was to be conducted uh, in hot spots but over right. time what what really happened was the uh, the the number of rapid antigen tests that were conducted per day were much higher than the rt pcr tests now there are two problems with this number one uh, the rapid antigen tests are uh, you know they have a high false negative rate so that there is a possibility of many people who have who actually have the virus uh, being tested by the rapid antigen tests and uh, found to be you know free of the virus right so the protocol suggests that 
people who are uh, people who uh, who have been tested negative by the rt pcr uh, sorry by the rapid antigen test have to be retested uh, using the rt pcr test in order to confirm that um, they are uh, free of the virus or not right but uh, that doesn't seem to be the case uh, uh, only uh, 1% or 2% of those uh, who are uh, found to be in uh, for, uh, negative were retested uh, with rt pcr that's what our report has found uh, so this leaves the possibility of many people who are infected to be not captured by the system and that also means that contacts of the, these people not being traced and uh, the infected people not being isolated so the possibility of the infections rising is still still there right so uh, this really doesn't serve the purpose of uh, uh, testing right uh, and uh, we noticed that rt pcr tests have come down to close to 30% of the overall tests conducted by, uh, by by the delhi state and this is a problematic thing so over time the delhi uh, government has managed to show uh, uh, you know a uh, lower number of cases but that doesn't reflect the true picture because rapid antigen tests are not fully accurate right now so after uh, what is delhi government has done the uh, at the national level also uh, there has been an implementation of this rapid antigen testing policy now there is a logic to this uh, in the sense that rapid antigen tests are rapid you know you get to know the results quickly right yeah. so it makes sense to use this test in uh, in uh, hot spots in containment zones and isolate whoever who has been tested positive uh, using these tests right but if you rely on that to actually get uh, get to know the exact uh, uh, nature of the infections or spread of the infections that is not going to be possible using rapid antigen tests we noticed that 3 uh, or 4 days ago the icmr had increased the number of tests to more than 5 lakhs uh, 5 lakh samples right but uh, we were not provided a break, breakdown of the sample whether how many are rt pcr tests and how many are antigen tests uh, and uh, our reporters also were not told uh, they, they they tried asking the icmr sources they didn't they couldn't get a clear information as to what was the ratio of rt pcr versus rapid antigen tests now if if this is implemented nationwide it would mean that a lot of a large number of false negatives uh, there will be a lot of uh, large number of false negatives that will come about because of the rapid antigen test and the purpose of testing and isolating people will be lost if uh, more and more people are tested through rapid antigen test right so we would that's, that's the first problem problem related to the test per se the second problem is that of reporting right uh, yeah so uh, the delhi government gives a breakdown of uh, how many tests it conducted using rapid antigen testing and how many tests it conducted using rt pcr but it hasn't really provided in its daily bulletins as to how many were tested positive by rt pcr and how many were tested positive by rapid antigen tests right uh, uh, the same is the case probably with kerala also uh, we don't know really what what are the number of people who have been tested positive through these various routes uh, so we cannot therefore rely entirely on this uh, data which show, uh, or the case curves that are drawn based on based on this data and this uh, is is a failing uh, in my opinion so uh, we need states to actually come up with clear and um, accurate uh, the breakdown of the samples uh, in the daily bulletins there is a added problem that many states don't really have daily bulletins that are you know uh, stored on their websites which are which are easily easily accessible and which can be downloaded and be used for comparison purposes uh, there is a state wide variance in um, release of data and uh, as late as 4 or 5 months into the uh, pandemic we still have states which are not reporting properly in terms of coming out with daily bulletins so the one the use of rapid antigen tests and two the uh, problems with reporting both could lead to you know inaccurate data and uh, also give us a false picture of the spread of the infection and that will not uh, you know help us in the long run
so just to just to sort of uh, cut in there uh, for the benefit of our listeners who sometimes i think because the issue is uh, kind of confused still right. uh, the rapid uh, antigen test is also a kind of diagnostic test am i right that yeah, is like the test. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and it's yeah. different from the antibody tests that are done for zero surveys yes 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 this is a different kind of test uh, but uh, the, the possibility of uh, uh, when when a rapid antigen test uh, uh, reports a person to be positive uh, uh the possibility of a false positive is uh, very 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 low uh, i mean it, it right. has a high accuracy in terms of so if if it reports a person as positive the the, the probability of that person really having the virus is almost 100% right. but at the same time it has a it, it also reports false negatives right mm. so uh, sometimes it misses out on people who have the virus in their bodies so that's the reason why while uh, the, the these are easy to use and they report uh, results quickly the uh, the results uh, are, ha- have problems in terms of a high rate of false posit- false negatives so for example uh, in the in the uh, in, in the month of june the number of positives that were reported by rt pcr tests was around 30% okay mm-hmm. while the number of positives uh, reported by the rapid antigen tests were only 6.5% now uh, this huge gap suggests that a lot of cases are not being reported properly properly by the rapid antigen tests okay uh, right. and it, it it is even more intriguing because rapid antigen tests were supposed to be conducted in hot spots where the where the uh, virality or the prevalence of the, or the viral load is supposed to be higher right, right. so uh, so the, this gap between uh, what is reported by the rtr rt pcr tests and what is reported by the rapid antigen tests being so huge we need to take the results that are coming up using uh, rapid antigen tests with a pinch of salt right and the logic of only using the rapid antigen tests in hotspots was because you i mean you're more likely to detect uh, positive yes, cases you're more likely to detect positive cases so if 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 there are if, if the viral load is very high and you are able to uh, capture a significant number of the people who are uh, you know suffering from the infection it is easy to you know uh, uh, isolate them quickly uh, and uh, the false negatives are supposed to be retested with the rt pcr that's the strategy basically but right. uh, the the retesting is not being done effectively only a few people who are tested uh, as false negatives are or who, who have been tested as negatives are being retested uh, so that leaves out a substantial number who could have actually be carrying the virus and still been tested uh, uh, as negative the, 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 that that's the problem yeah. right got it right so let's just move on quickly to talking about um, the other kind of discrepancies in the in the statewide data that you're seeing of course at the central level uh, what we get every day in fact now is um, this pushing of the uh, the recovery rate and the um, the the low mortality rate maybe we can discuss at another point but yeah. um uh, just just statewide reporting what are the discrepancies that you're seeing yeah actually i would like to first respond to the first point on recovery rates okay. now, see right. uh, this this why the nature of this virus is is such that a significant number who, of people who are infected will actually recover right so yeah. uh, having a time series of the recovery rate doesn't really make sense so for example yesterday the ministry said in april only 5% of the people had recovered now it's close to 65% that's what bound to happen so over time we will notice that almost 90 to 95% of all the people will will, will have yes. to recover right the real issue is that if that 5% of people who have not recovered uh, is is it belongs to a large sample such as you know our, our country if the cases are going up over time then mm-hmm. the number of people who will who will uh, uh, die because of the virus will also increase over time 
right so yeah. uh, so the recovery rate per se is not an eff- effective measure to understand the spread of the virus we need to still look at how the doubling time of the uh, case uh, cases we need to still have to look at the uh, rise in fatalities and in those parameters india is still among the highest so in terms of uh, deaths per day we are third in the world in terms of cases per day we are second in the world even a uh, you know high case load country like brazil has started signs of slowing down in terms of uh, case load while we right. still are you know registering yesterday we had 55000 cases that's the highest ever so uh, there is no let up in the uh, uh, case load uh, happening over time secondly the test positivity rate i mean the rate of people who are tested positive was going up significantly before they started adding up the rapid antigen samples as well right mm-hmm. so uh, so it means that there is still a la- large section of people who have who have been infected and who are not being captured by the system uh, uh, additionally uh, we will talk about that later a, a sero survey in uh, bombay and a sero survey in uh, delhi found that 28% of the people in uh, uh, 23% of the people in delhi were found to have uh, uh, antibodies to the virus and close to 60% or 57% of the people who have uh, uh, in bombay in the in, in slum clusters were have were found to have antibodies to the virus that suggests that a large number of people have been infected and so uh, merely looking at recovery rate or you know uh, uh, fatality rate in terms of fatalities for population uh, is not the right way to look at how the virus is spreading in the country and what measures we need to take in order to further halt the uh, spread and um, uh, look at ways to bend the curve right yeah no we will get to the sero surveys of course uh, in a bit um, uh, but the, the second part of the question i asked you is about uh, the other discrepancies at the state level uh, what what are what what are some of the figures that states are reporting well and what are they not doing so well yeah the, the states some states have you know uh, uh, very uh, effective reporting systems where they present uh, uh, regular bulletins they have archives of their bulletins available on their website they have cases and deaths data they have data on samples tested they even have patient demographics as to you know the age of the age and age profile of the of uh, the patients uh, district level data district uh, detailed uh, data on deaths and also detailed uh, data on uh, imported cases so these states include karnataka uh, you know uh, tamil nadu and kerala to some extent uh, but uh, largely speaking some important information such as patient demographics is not available beyond these three states right Uh, mm-hmm. in fact states like up still do not provide bulletins on their website which can be you know accessed at uh, one go in order to construct a time series uh, rajasthan still releases a, a data in the form of a dashboard uh, several states in the northeast still continue to release data in the form of dashboards some mm-hmm. states are inconsistent in terms of the release times like telangana used to release it every day in the evening now they have shifted uh, the bulletin to the uh, following day's morning right so um, so there are issues with the way uh, bulletins are constructed and released by various states and uh, there is also uh, there are also issues in the way uh, you know uh, comprehensive data is provided or not provided right so uh, it would be ideal if there is a standardized format that is used by all states uh, and periodic release of data that go beyond mere merely the reporting of cases per day and deaths per day but also looks at um, information such as uh, bed availability uh, uh, ventilator availability number of patients who are who are who have actually been in treatment for how long and also number of people uh, patients who have been uh, on the ventilator and so on so and and if possible also uh, data such as death registrations over time so that we know what is the excess deaths due to this virus right that's mo- right. That, that is a very accurate figure of 
what is the real impact of the uh, uh, novel coronavirus in our country so advanced countries like europe for example uh, um, uh, in in europe uh, they uh, they they provide excess deaths because they have uh, data on registered uh, deaths over time so we are able to clearly show the impact in terms of what is the excess deaths due to the coronavirus in those countries right uh, unfortunately in our country death registration is very low and only a few states have good death registration system ironically states like maharashtra tamil nadu and uh, union territories like delhi have a very, very high death registration rate and these are the states with the uh, most number of deaths as well so mm-hmm. uh, there is this suspicion that other states are not really reporting deaths properly because they don't have proper registration systems so right. yeah so these are the issues with uh, data in our country and uh, these are this won't be solved immediately because these are these are long standing issues but this uh, pandemic can be used as an opportunity for public health systems to actually you know uh, get more data available in more accessible forms uh, so that we know the real extent and the of the of the spread of the virus and also the impact of the virus in terms of fatalities in terms of comorbidities in terms of how it is affecting different sections of the population and so on which so far is not clearly available right yeah no i think there's one kind of uh, you know overarching question that perhaps we need to address separately as a whole episode uh, which is uh, you know is india undercounting the number of covid-19 deaths now they being properly reported so i i don't know what our approach to that should be but um the, the other thing that i wanted to perhaps end on for this podcast at least is the zero survey mm-hmm. um you mentioned some of the results earlier the the delhi uh, one seemed to indicate that about 23% of the of the population had had antibodies yeah. and in bombay um in the slum clusters that that number is reaching uh close to 60% 57% yes. which is actually uh, what is conventionally thought to be the number that you need for uh, herd immunity yes um is, is that right does, does that actually indicate that uh, in these slum clusters they might be might be reaching those kinds of numbers uh you, you, the, the the herd immunity argument is problematic because uh, there is no clear uh, study that has shown that antibodies to this virus will last longer so yeah. even if even if antibodies are present that doesn't mean that the uh, antibodies uh, would be enough for the spread of the virus to be halted because a significant pop- section of the population has already been affected by the virus so mm-hmm. uh, therefore to uh, you know talk about herd immunity without knowing how these antibodies uh, uh, you know affect the spread of the virus is like putting the cart before the horse so we really don't know uh, whether uh, even even if we reach a stage of herd immunity how immune the population would be to the spread of the virus so uh, therefore uh, we have to you know wait and watch and uh, and look at uh, available research to be sure that uh, that if a significant uh, section of the population uh, seem to have released antibodies that means that herd immunity has set in set in, uh, set in place uh, that is number one number two uh, uh, this the, what this says is not only the fact that a significant amount of people have released antibodies but the fact that people who live in close proximity people who live in places with barely any physical distancing they are the ones who are most affected by this virus that's what this right. is this zero survey says uh, uh, at the same time one silver lining is that uh, despite very high viral loads in these areas the death rates have, the the fatality rates have been very uh, relatively much lower so that uh, that suggests 
that uh, the infection the, the the impact of the infection has not been as bad as it has been in the west uh, and and in other countries so mm. uh, which actually uh, helps us you know uh, device uh, 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 you know uh, strategies towards you know how to ease our lockdowns how to go back to our economic activity and so on and uh, that again brings us to the question as to how to protect the vulnerable uh, um, rather than you know uh, uh, closeting people in uh, in stringent lockdowns uh, when very in, in, in even in cases where physical distancing is not possible so those yeah. are the kind of uh, uh, you know um, uh, questions that arise uh, uh, based on the results to this zero survey i think yeah finally just just one point that where we stand now in terms of the spread of the virus so india yeah. is now uh, having more than 16 lakh cases and uh, the doubling time is uh, 20 days so it takes 20 days for cases to double so we might uh, sooner or later uh, you know uh, um, uh, cross brazil uh, in probably two months or three months time uh, and only the united states uh, uh, with its very high uh, case load and uh, fatalities uh, would be ahead of us uh, and uh, uh, in the in the case of the us misplaced for policy you know arrogance and uh, you know a poor governance strategy where even mask wearing has become a debatable question is as resulted in these problems in our yeah. case uh thankfully uh, the the um, the awareness and consciousness level of people is uh, somewhat higher people are uh, started to use masks and so on uh, but at the same time uh, we need to figure out strategies of how to enhance our testing to even higher levels uh, without uh, you know using the shortcut uh, methods such as you know using rapid antigen antigen test to show uh, the extent of our case load uh, so that's the that's the way forward to in order to you know prevent uh, the spread of the virus even further all right yeah. all right chini thank you so much for joining us for this episode once again we will do a data update soon and we'll of course link to some of the important data points that you discussed along with yeah. this podcast yeah 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 thanks jen thank you so much yeah.